Welcome to Manufacturing Talk Radio, your source for breaking news, business trends, and economic forecasts here and abroad that impact one-third of America's economy. And now your hosts, Lou Weiss and Tim Grady. Welcome, everyone, to this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. I'm Tim Grady. I'm here with my co-host, Lou Weiss, and we are going to be speaking about the... (laughs) Good morning, Lou. (laughs) Good morning, all. We're going to be talking about the Global Survey Insights report that uh, Strategist Research Partners put out with our senior correspondent, Norbert Orr, who is also the Director of Industry Surveys with Strategist. Norbert, thank you again for joining us on Manufacturing Talk Radio. Always good to be with you. So, well, you've got a, an interesting report. Uh, Lou, you and I were just talking about it. Uh, where do you want to start? On what continent would you like to start, Norbert? <laughs> uh, well, let's start. Uh, usually we start with Europe or Asia. Let, let's kind of start with the overall picture uh, that we, we don't always talk about in terms of, uh, of what it's doing and and that's the the J.P. Morgan Chase Global PMI. Uh, that uh, most of the time I don't bring it up because uh, it's got the uh, 24 countries participating in it, and so uh, you you, uh, you you don't get the uh, direct feeling as to to what's going on. It's more it's certainly a, a macro macro level. Uh, that you do that, but I think it's uh, this month is it's worth uh, worth having a little bit of discussion around because uh, it's uh, uh, frankly uh, got a lot to to do with it. Uh, so l- let me take a shot at it. Uh, okay. First of all, the, the J.P. Morgan Chase uh, includes uh, all of those countries uh, uh, that. Uh, uh, have been tied to that index for quite some time, but the the, the major com- countries in there, the U.S., uh, the ISM data is rolled into the J.P. Morgan Chase uh, every month. Uh, that's why it's released later than the ISM, so it doesn't uh, interfere with that. Uh, it also has um, uh, major countries in Europe and so on uh, with that. Uh, this past uh, month, it came in at 49.4. Now, remember, anything under 50 would indicate contraction within the manufacturing sector, though at 49.4, that's uh, minuscule uh, in comparison to uh, 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 the size of, of uh, the GDP of 24 countries and how to weigh that out. Uh, in May, it was at 49.8, so it's trending downward. In April, it was at 50.3. In March, it was 50.6. So, again, uh, you can go back to January and see that all of 2019, we've trended downward uh, from, two, from uh, 50.8 in uh, uh, January to uh, 50, 49.4 in uh, uh, in June. Now, uh, I would argue that in an index of, of this type, uh, decimal points aren't uh, aren't highly relevant. Uh, it's not that they're irrelevant; they're just not highly relevant uh, uh, because of the size of it. So, 
what I'm looking at says basically globally we're not seeing any change take place for the first half of the year. Uh, the uh, trend has been downward, uh, but the reality is it really hasn't made that much uh, that much difference overall. So then we have to go back and look at the other sec sectors globally, uh, looking at Asia, looking at Europe, uh, looking at North America, to, quite, to try to find some bright spots uh, in, in all of that. So uh, uh, having uh, kind of uh, framed all of that, uh, let's start with Asia if we can and, and talk a little bit about uh, uh, what's going on in Asia. Uh, we do, uh, 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 we've helped the Taiwanese with their survey. We've helped uh, uh, China with uh, one of their two surveys. Uh, so we're very familiar with uh, uh, their process and, and what the expectations should be. So if, if we break out Asia, and I, I think this is really important right now because so much is evolving around the Chinese and the negotiations, trade negotiations with the Chinese, because I think this plays a, a big role. So uh, let me kind of go down. Remember, anything below 50 is contraction. Anything above uh, 50 is expansion. So in June, South Korea came in at 47.5. Now, that kind of uh, steps away from my theory of uh, decimal points. Uh, that's a, a solid uh, contraction in their economy at 47.5. Uh, the two China surveys are both at 49.4. Uh, they have been between 49.4 and uh, 50.5 uh, for, for close to four years now. So uh, I, I don't think it recognizes the volatility. Basically what it's saying is there's no volatility in manufacturing in China. I find that hard to, to, uh, to believe, uh, but uh, if it's right, then it is signaling that they uh, have smoothed out the, their processes to where there's not that much um, going on there. Uh, so then we look at Japan at 49.3. Taiwan at 48.1 and Singapore at 50.6. Uh, so what's the overall message? Uh, if we sum that up real quick and look at an average, it comes out at 49.0. Uh, so uh, Asia is not prospering right now. It's struggling. And I think uh, they would look at it and say, well, that's more of a problem because of the China situation. And I would see that as a reason they should be putting pressure on China to do a, a, a better job of negotiating and to get past the tariff issue and uh, to get business back closer to normal because uh, not only is China struggling from that, but the rest of Asia is struggling also. So... Uh, interesting point, Norbert, if, I, if you don't mind me interrupting for a moment. Uh, we had an opportunity to talk with a, um, a, a Chinese high-level financial person whose uh, name we cannot use, 
uh, and uh, China's got their their issues and uh, uh, some rather severe ones. And it's I guess it's not really out for general consumption, but uh, they've got serious problems going on. And one of them is that they're losing a lot of business uh, to Vietnam. So uh, Vietnam is picking up uh, uh, a lot of business, uh, and that business uh, uh, is uh, not going to come back to China uh, once it's gone. So Vietnam is, uh, you know, doing uh, hip hops and popping bottles of champagne right now. So uh, China's got their issues. Just to throw in that uh, interview that we had. Yeah, that, that's great, Lou, because that's great uh, color for all of that. Uh, and it, it, it's, it's reality. It's uh, uh, not only is uh, Vietnam interested, but Taiwan is interested, Singapore is interested, the ASEA countries are all interested, South Korea mm-hmm. is interested, uh, uh, everybody wants the, to take business away from China if they can grab it right now. And I, I think that's where uh, uh, China is more focused on the politics of all of this than they are the supply chain issues. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, when I started into supply chain work, uh, I was told there were three priorities. Uh one was quality, the second was cost, and the third was continuity of supply. Mm. And right. China has put that issue of continuity, continuity of supply up for negotiation because now nobody trusts them to be able to be a good long-term supplier. And so it's going to hurt them and, and – uh, uh, as I went down through those various countries and what their PMI, uh, you know, the PMI is also a proxy for capacity. That uh, if you have a negative PMI, it means there was, there's capacity that was created, and now we're not using that capacity. Right. And, and so there's right. a real, oppor- real opportunity uh, for those other countries to step in. And, uh, and you know, the, the other side of it is China has not been a good partner. Uh, they've, been, uh, they've been allowed to take advantage. And, you know, I, I heard one particular uh, anecdotal thing where a farmer said uh, that they had sent uh, soybeans to China, and before they sent them, they uh, typically have them tested for quality, and so they know what level they are. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and so they sent the soybeans to China, and they get a, a, a message back, said, uh, "We have run our test on your soybeans, and they're uh, only, they're worth 20% less than you say." So uh, uh, we will pay you based on what our findings are. Uh, so there, there's there's credibility, there's trust, uh, there's uh, uh, you know anxiety over these types of relationships. There's uh, you know uh, I don't think we want uh, the administration 
uh, heavily engaged on a, on a daily basis in our trade relationships. So we've got to get back to uh, more toward normal uh, with uh, where the supply chain is determining where to go, not, uh, not the politicians. That's uh, a truer statement couldn't be made. In, in all kinds of areas of uh, life and business. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, you can carry that a long way, Tim. Yeah, uh, you certainly can, But certainly Asia, I think, has got to be putting more and more pressure on China that they have to do something. And uh, one of the things I noticed in uh, in putting this month's uh, Global Insights piece together, um, I, I really see a uh, a change of the of the uh, winds uh, and the way the winds are blowing in terms of uh, uh, getting to a deal on tariffs. I think we're at the point where it's. Uh, uh, to the benefit of China and to the benefit of the U.S. that they get the deal consummated. Uh, they, they, uh, they can't continue on. Uh, they're going to drag all of these economies down with them if they do that. And then uh, we don't have a lot of uh, tools uh, because the Fed has not been able to uh, raise rates as much as uh, – you know, generally you'd like for them to be able to raise rates a little more than they have in a uh, recovery uh, over the course of 10 years. So uh, I think uh, we may be very close to, to settling things. If we're not, uh, then the, uh, the, the obvious answer to me is for us to tell uh, China to go pound sand, uh, that we're just not interested in, in doing this. Uh, if, if they want to stretch it out, we'll we'll negotiate. Uh, but uh, they'll know also that they're going to lose a lot of business in that process. Yeah, no doubt the supply chain managers are looking at Vietnam because that's the next closest nation that can produce some real quality. And I'm sure Cambodia, Thailand are all going to jump in. India is putting both feet in the water for sure. Right. Well, and this, if they're smart, they're going to, you know, you only, the, these opportunities, the opportunities to, to scavenge business uh, is only only there for a very short amount of time usually. And then people get back to their normal routines and uh, they're not as willing to take the risk of changing suppliers and so on. So uh, there, there's a lot to be seen from that. So, right. Uh, the key. The key to all of this, though, is that both sides, both sides have to know that they are messing with uh, the future of the global economy, and I'm yeah. not sure if they both understand that. You know, you got two powerhouses who are playing uh, uh, footsie with one another, and uh, you know, playing an ego game, yeah. and. Uh, it could it could be catastrophic. Well, ho- hopefully uh, the U.S. can back up. I, I think they're relying on the strength of the U.S. economy right now, 
that it's so much stronger than anybody else around the world that uh, uh, we can we can play this for a little bit longer. But uh, I, I would hate to see it go very much more uh, in the di- in the distant future as opposed to dealing with it now. Tim and I were talking just before showtime about that particular point that in, in uh, last month and the month before we've been talking to uh, the Institute of Supply Management and so on, that if it continues the way it's going, the U.S. economy is strong and, and it could deal with this. But at some point when you have 165 nations all uh, in the toilet financially, it's going to affect the U.S., no doubt about it. I would agree with that. And that, that's why I think we're at that inflection point where right. uh, we uh, we say, okay, uh, we've, we've strung this out as long as we can string it out, and, and we either uh, get a deal that, that, that we can live with or we don't get, seek a deal at all and just go back. Uh, frankly, uh, uh, from the United States perspective, uh, we're we're no worse off. You know, wh- one of the things we've learned through all of this is for us to try to negotiate through the WTO uh, or the the uh, Trans-Pacific Partnership or uh, any of these things, uh, we give away a lot because we've got leverage when other countries don't, so we let them participate in our leverage. And uh, I, I think uh, I, I don't think it's absolutely necessary that uh, uh, that we try to pin down trade negotiations with every one of these economies and so on. I, I think uh, uh, we we may benefit more from uh, going it on our own and jump in and jump out, and where uh, uh, a five-nation uh, uh, group that goes together to negotiate a consortium or whatever, uh, that might make sense. Uh, but when you try to drag uh, these countries that have like uh, two-tenths of the world's GDP, uh, you're you're probably giving away more than you're gaining. Right, right. Okay, so want to talk about Europe for just a minute? We'll we'll, we'll shorten that up because uh, we want to talk about our SLIM survey uh, for, sure. for last month and, and uh, how that's showing. Uh, the uh, the European situation, frankly, if you took a snapshot of it, it would look an awful lot like Asia in terms of the the countries. Uh, the uh in fact the average for the, the european uh, uh for the eurozone is 49 also same as we saw for asia so they're pretty much doing the same thing uh, uh as asia is doing and uh uh probably not not as aggressive about picking up business as asia is from that but uh the high in Europe this month was Greece, 52.4, and and uh, you know uh, Greece's uh, uh, Greece's manufacturing population probably is uh, uh, four machine shops and a, a 
some type of a uh, uh, food and beverage uh, operation, selling olives and, uh, and so on. Their manufacturing sector is just not that big. Uh, but it's nice to see that, that, uh, that it is growing at this point. Uh, France is in the second lo- uh, place and uh, at 51.9. Uh, and France is recently, that's the uh, second month in a row they've been above 50, which is doing better than many of the others that, uh, that we see uh, in the Eurozone. Uh, Italy is down to 48.4. They had been holding up fairly well. It may be seasonal to a degree for them. Uh, but, you know, the story is still Germany. Uh, Germany uh, came in uh, at 45, up from 44.3, up from 44.4, up or uh, down from 44.1. Uh, they, Germany has struggled, and, of course, a lot of it has to do with automobiles. And here again, Globally, we don't want to shut down the auto industry. Uh, if you want to know where we can all get hurt, everybody in uh, Europe, Asia, North America, it would be shutting down the auto industry. And uh, when, when you see auto plants close, you see a lot of jobs go away. You see uh, a lot of capital investment that never gets spent. Uh, you, you see a lot of problems uh in the uh, a weak auto industry, so uh, again, I think it's to our our wise benefit to to start thinking in terms of seeing things move or discontinue the discussions. Uh, so uh, again, Europe looks a lot like Asia. Uh, North America, we can touch on uh, very quickly. Uh, U.S. manufacturing is doing super still uh, good reports uh, firm business and so on but that can go away very quickly as we know and uh, so I'd uh, like like to see that uh, security uh, come about uh, to have um, the, the uh, US economy doing uh, continue doing well uh, if we look at uh, manufacturing this month, it came in at 51.7, and I know you do a, a complete show on both the manufacturing and non-manufacturing, so I'm not going to go down that. But the point is just simply manufacturing is holding its own, uh, but it's at the point where it could be weakened significantly. Uh, the strength of the U.S. economy is non-manufacturing, where we have an index of uh, 55.1. That's down from 56.9, but it's uh, a, a good strong number. And uh, we can last longer than everybody else because we've got a, a good non-manufacturing sector that's growing the, uh, the economy. But if we let that get away from us, uh, then we're really not going to have the tools uh, to work with to, to be able to turn that around. So uh, depending on non-manufacturing, uh, it'll stretch it out a little bit, but it won't, uh, won't be there to solve the problem if we, uh, 
if we don't uh, make sure that we kind of nourish it and keep it going. Uh, uh, Norbert, I think I think part of uh, the problem that we see, because you know we're we're in manufacturing also, is that we've had three down months in manufacturing in a row. Uh, I think it started at 58 and now it's down to 51 and, and change. That's a rather radical uh, move over a three-month period. So my, my concern uh, is that at what point does it break through that 50 and uh, manufacturing will be in a contraction mode? Uh, we're not that far away. Yeah. Uh, one thing I've learned over the years, Lou, is don't fear uh, the the number going below 50. Uh, in, in order to 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 say we're in a manufacturing recession, uh, I always uh, think in terms of we would have to have six months of numbers below 50 to equate to a manufacturing recession. To equate to an overall recession, we would have to have the manufacturing index drop below 42.9 for six months. So th there's still a, a good bit of leeway there that we we have uh, 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 the ability to, to withstand. It's just why would we want to test it? We've got all right. of these gains, and why would we want to give all these gains back? Uh, in right, testing right. that and so on. So, uh, you know, I, I, right now, if unless we see something move in the trade talks, the path we're on says we probably would have at least two months out of the next six that would fall below 50. I can't tell mm -hmm. you which two it would be, but just at, at this level, the probability in, uh, is there that uh, we would see uh, – uh, this downward trend keep things down and really dampen uh, the growth that we're seeing in the economy. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Uh, I get worried when it's at 55. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, well, Norbert, Nur you were talking about the Slim report. Uh, why don't we touch on that? Because I think that's the next piece of the puzzle that you produce. Okay. Uh, as you know, each month we, we do a report at mid-month uh, where we ask manufacturers on our panel uh, what's the status of new orders. Are they better, same, or worse than the month before? What's the status of um, supplier deliveries? Are they slower, same, or faster? Both of those are good indicators of demand. And so we've seen those indicators come down significantly uh, from uh, all go back to March and uh, on a seasonally adjusted basis we were at 64.3 for new orders and so the the pipeline of new orders is uh, is is shrinking and uh, it's certainly a sign to us from that the reason we do this report is to give a mid-month view of what's happening in manufacturing uh, and this month is a good example this past month for June uh, the diffusion index was 51.4 for new orders and shows that uh, and the diffusion index for um, supplier deliveries 51.5 so
So we see a, a weakening in the manufacturing sector, and it's consistent that we're getting the same story at the middle of the month that we're getting at the end of the month. So um, it's important that we do that. If any uh, of our listeners would like to participate in this uh, in, uh, survey that we do, we'd love to have them. They can contact me uh, at uh, N-O-R-E at strategusrp.com. That's S-T-R-A-T-E-G-A-S-R-P.com. Uh, and we'd love to have them participate. It takes about three minutes to fill out the form each month, but it's really providing good information uh, that uh, uh, we're, we're able to uh, use in uh, evaluating where the economy is going. It also entitles you to get that information. Uh, normally, we get it back the same day or the next day after it's collected, so it's very up-to-date. It's something that uh, you can share with your management uh, and sh show them uh, wh what's going on in supply chains and manufacturing in particular. So it's a good a good opportunity to uh, provide a service and uh, also learn from it too. Uh, I've been following your report. I've been following your report for years, and uh, I find it very valuable. And I would. Uh, I would stress our listeners to take advantage of this because it's uh, it's free and you're also contributing to uh, the report. And uh, I, I think that uh, you're right, uh, Norbert, is that management uh, can definitely use this information to know where we've been and where we're going. So let us get get in touch with us uh if uh if you have interest uh we'll be glad to to get you included in the uh survey panel well norbert thanks again for joining us on manufacturing talk radio we appreciate the insight that you provide on your global survey insights report about all the pmis in the various markets around the world as well as the slim survey which is incredibly important so again thanks for being with us Thank you. Talk to you next month. Okay. Have a good month. So, Lou, as you and I have discussed, it still looks like it's kind of a tepid atmosphere out there, and you're correct that if all of the other economies are softening, we can't be strengthening. Not unless we have some uh, supply chains on other planets that we can dip into. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> But uh, it, it is concerning, and uh, the one thing I, I meant to bring up when uh, Norman was on was that um, it's July, and we still have July and August to go through, and uh, these are typically uh, slower uh, manufacturing months uh, than the rest of the year. So uh, I'm concerned that the trend that, cre that started three, four months ago is going to continue. And I hope that Norbert's comments about the next, uh, two out of the next six months are going to be below 50, uh, won't be July and August. <laughs> yeah, right, right. What's that? We'll know more, we'll know more at the uh, end of the month and the beginning of first week of August when we do our 
next shows with Tim Fury and Anthony Nieves. Yeah, and right, right. We'll, we certainly have a number of shows in between, and so we encourage everyone to come to mfgtalkradio.com to listen to all of the shows that we are continually posting at that site. We've also got links to our other shows, which is the Women in Manufacturing podcast that's doing very well, and there's a lot of incredible information there. And we are running several shows on that podcast piece. So, as always, join us on mfgtalkradio.com. And thank you for listening to this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. Thanks for joining us on Manufacturing Talk Radio. You can hear our next broadcast each Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at mfgtalkradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.